Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you look for it, every day has cause for celebration. Celebrate a friend for their promotion baby wedding life thing. Celebrate yourself for keeping the couch warm. It's no easy feat, especially if it's a big couch. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2023 where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without leaving said couch. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com and get your favorite drinks delivered today. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years' experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I 270 and MD 85 in Frederick, right next to Long Shots Off Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1 800 Gambler. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. It's a primal, wild freedom. A feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, sound effects guy. <laughs> Hmm, no. You know, we really lost a stride at the end there. Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive, America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage. Yesterday's concert is a proud member of the Pantheon Media Network. We were on a mission. Pick up your feet, son. We have to make the drop zone by 1600 hour. What are you, high man? Get it together. A little tribe of hippies paraded the Oxford, Mississippi streets. We overtook babies in strollers and grandmas with walkers. This wasn't a training mission. We've practiced for this, and this is where the tie-dye met the t-shirt. Stu Mosin and I walked the streets of the notable town square, affectionately nicknamed The Square. Class was done for the day, which meant our mission was upon us. When we arrived at the drop zone, we flung the doors open as if we owned the place. Move, move, move. It was like every movie when the nerds emerged in slow motion, ready to ask the hot girl to prom. My focus waned. Mayday! Mayday! There was a conflict of interest to this mission. We were more than patrons of this fine establishment. Walking inside, the familiar smells rushed through my nostrils. It was like warm chocolate chip cookies or the perfume of your first lover. Endorphins surged in my gut filled with butterflies. Lest we forget, the mission was nigh. We were greeted by a warm smile. It was the same beautiful blonde-haired hippie girl that sat behind the counter every time we visited. Her name was Mary Ann, and she was the source of our collective affection. Focus men, there will be guerrilla warfare tactics at play today. Even though we all acknowledged she was well beyond our league, 
That didn't subside our schoolboy crush, and she knew it. It was the kind of crush a kid has on his babysitter. Any attempt we made to woo her was met with a pat on the head and a, Aw, nice try, kid, but no. Hey guys, what are you all up to today? Marianne asked. Like a peacock in mating season, we fluffed out our tails and did our dance. We hammed it up and desperately clawed for her affection. She giggled at our lameness and entertained our attempts. But let's not forget the mission, men. Hey, how's the, uh, how's the Black Crow show selling? I asked. Strategy deployed. My words said one thing, but Marianne knew what the question really was. We were playing chess. It's selling pretty well. She paused, most likely for dramatic effect. Y'all trying to go? There it was. The million dollar question. The operative was in our scope. Play it cool, private. We're in the home stretch. I tried to be casual with my answer, but internally I was doing backflips. Oh, for real? Yeah, yeah. That, you know, that would be cool. Marianne told us it'd be no problem. But there was a catch. Management was cracking down on the links of the guest list, so we'd have to earn our tickets this time. Stu Mosin and I looked at each other with wide eyes. Was this the idyllic male fantasy? The pizza delivery but no cash scenario? Stu gulped and with nervous anticipation he replied, Yeah, yeah, what's that? We're pretty open. If I give you all a big stack of posters for the upcoming show, can you all plaster them all over campus for us? Our peacock feathers deflated and we all sighed. Putting up show posters though? That was easy. Of course we can do that. She told us to follow her inside the venue to grab the posters. We walked through the bar and onto the main floor of the concert hall. The lights were low and the stage was a mess from the last touring band to come through town. We followed her past the soundboard, past the stage lights and other sundry items strewn about. Marianne led us backstage and into a tiny storage closet where five large stacks of 11 by 18 posters sat. She picked up a stack from each pile and dropped it in our hands. Pack it up, boys. New missions here. The Lyric Theater was our home away from home during college. We spent every second we could inside that venue. For Stu, Mosin, and I, this was more than a concert venue. It was a safe haven, a worship space, and a creative outlet. During our brief time in Oxford, it hosted some of our favorite artists. Rarely does a fond memory of college exist outside of those walls. We loved this place, so of course we'd be glad to put up some posters. Mission achieved. Welcome concert goers, music fanatics, and honey bears. My name is Lance Ingram, and in the season three, episode seven of Yesterday's Concert, our jam journal takes us to October 10th, 2018. Grab your earplugs as we go to the Lyric Theater in Oxford, Mississippi for Father John Misty. I grabbed my wife's hand and laced my fingers between hers. We were on our way back from dinner as we walked the sidewalks of Oxford. It had been more than five years since I walked these streets as a student. Toasted college students yelled and danced their way around us. The bars were calling them home. We shrugged it off as we were once those kids acting foolish on a Saturday night. We were all young and stupid at one point. Let them have a good time and enjoy their youth. Life would be there to crush them soon enough. In the distance, a large white building sat on the outskirts of the square. I gave Anna's hand a tug and said, Come on, where are we going? 
Follow me, I want to go look at something. We rounded the corner and there it was. My home away from home. The Lyric Theater. I walked up and glanced at the upcoming show posters. The touring bands that came through these parts looked a little different than in my day. I peeked inside the large windows of the front door. No one was home. No show on a Friday night. Things really were different. We rounded the building's corner and walked down the alleyway to the back of the venue. I'm not sure what I expected to see. It looked exactly the same. There was a dumpster over there, a large concrete parking cone over there, an empty beer bottle right next to that light pole. Okay, so not everything's different. Right here, that's where I met Warren Haynes after a gig. Who's Warren Haynes? Anna replied. And right over there, that's where the Black Crows tour manager denied us entry to their bus. And right down there, you see right next to that church? That's where we saw Derek Trucks taking a personal call before the gig. Interesting, she said. God bless this woman. Entertaining these rambling trips down memory lane was nothing new for her. It had been an entire decade since the first time I stepped into the Lyric Theater. It was literally my first night in Oxford as an Ole Miss student. I moved into my dorm room, ate some dinner, and found my way inside the venue. Over the course of my five years in college, the Lyric dumped show after show on us. We made friends with the venue staff, bartenders, security, and everyone in between. At one point, we even met the booking agent. He used us as a sounding board on multiple occasions to see if we thought this band or that band would be a good booking. Sensing Anna's boredom, I started making our way back to the car. Walking back around to the front of the venue, I stood near a towaway sign. That's the spot where we met the poet and political activist John Sinclair. I still remember him commenting on our t-shirts. Widespread panic, Jefferson Airplane, and the Derek Trucks Band. Boys, that's quite the spread we got there. I was the one in the Jefferson Airplane shirt. Nostalgia is a funny thing. For the rest of the night, I sat in a middle ground of emotions. The warm fuzzies of memories rushed back to me. I reminisced about adventures with my buddies that I hadn't visited in years. Then there was the hanging gloom that perhaps the good times were over. Gone were the days of carefree youthful arrogance and naivety. There was more responsibilities in life now. Since graduating, I hadn't been to the Lyric for a show. Even toward the end of my time there, I stopped frequenting the hall. After Stu and Mosin graduated, I lost my show buddies. But the main reason I stopped was because of the Oxford crowds. Not everyone takes in shows like me, and thank goodness for that. A good crowd needs diversity and response. There needs to be a certain element of chaos and excitement to build off those energies. However, Oxford crowds were often, in a word, terrible. I'm not saying crowds need to be church mice, but I've never heard so much chatter in my life as I have in Oxford crowds. Chompers. Chompers everywhere. The audience would stand with their back to the stage and carry on conversations like this was their own private event, oftentimes speaking louder because they couldn't hear themselves over the blaring music. At one show, I watched a singer plow a mic stand into a student's face after he repeatedly flung beer cans at the band. Although I wasn't there to see it, after Wilco played the venue in 2009, I heard stories about Jeff Tweedy berating the audience for their rudeness. Andrew Bird was another one that had similar stories. We even heard tall tales of booking agents refusing to book Oxford venues because the town's reputation had gotten so bad. I have no validation if any of that's true, but they were stories I heard often. After three years of having concerts ruined by obnoxious fans, I had enough. 
It got to the point where we'd skip the Oxford show and go see the band in Memphis or Birmingham instead. You can only have so many shows ruined by Sarah Beth screaming over the music about how John Carter won't take her to formal. All that said, it's funny how nostalgia weeds out a lot of that. Walking away from the venue, the only thing present in my mind was the good times with good buddies. stared at the bright red exit sign blaring in the darkness. Abort the mission, Private. Is this an emergency? Should we all be trampling each other, screaming in fear for our lives right now? I looked at the rest of the room, wondering how they could laugh, smile, drink, and carry on in a moment like this. Nostalgia was overwhelming me. The opener, King Tough, was finishing his set, and I had been deep in the fill since I walked in the room. It was everything I remembered to be. Then again, what did I expect to happen? Just because I left, they were going to gut and remodel the place? But even beyond the aesthetics, the crowd was exactly the same. It was a snapshot frozen in time. The real fans raged at the front of the stage. They came prepared. They had the shirts, they knew the songs, and they screamed in excitement. They were a little tribe of weirdos, just like my crew. Then there was the older fans in the back by the soundboard. These were the dads and the regular Joes that were staying out way past their bedtime to enjoy a slice of their former lives. Lastly, and certainly least, there was the other people. They far outnumbered the aforementioned. I heard every word of their conversations, and I do mean conversations. Most of them had their backs to the stage. It was still the opener, so I extended my patience. Can they not shut up? I mean, how rude can they be? Behind me, a pair of guys in their 40s glared at a nearby group of college kids carrying on like they were the center of the universe. They vocalized their frustrations to the point I wondered if they were going to approach the youngins. You fellas must never have seen a show here before, I said, butting into their conversation. They asked if it was always like this. I laughed and said, usually it's worse. By the time Joshua Tillman, aka Father John Misty, took the stage, the room had filled. I was surrounded by chatty college students. I tried to move closer to the working man types in the back by the soundboard, but it was little use. It was inescapable. They were everywhere. This wasn't your usual dull roar concert chatter. They fought for the spotlight. When the band began taking the stage, their conversations broke long enough for them to cheer. Mr. Tillman was the last to appear, which brought an even larger reaction. As the band started the jangly intro to Hollywood Cemetery Forever Sings, the audience started to groove. Their heads swayed and the drinks tilted over the edge and onto the floor. Maybe this is a good sign. Maybe the tides have turned. The stage lights were low, casting heavy shadows on the band. Red lights from the back of the stage created a horrifying aurora that left the front man draped in shadows. Visible only by his silhouette, Joshua strummed an acoustic guitar as he strolled to the microphone. The group of superfans at the front of the stage were losing their mind. I could see them jumping above the crowd, fist pumping and yelling. This was my favorite Father John Misty song, so I was blinded by excitement to see him open with it. It took me a long time to reach this place, though. But with the release of his fourth album, God's Favorite Customer, I had finally come around. I'd heard about him for years. 
But everything I saw, heard, and read all attributed to a narcissistic hipster that was so draped in sarcasm it felt like every move was made in pretension. I once saw a meme that said Father John Misty's music is like people who only refer to movies as films. It wasn't until I heard God's Favorite Customer that I realized the man was a lyrical genius. The album was enjoyable until I got to the palace, at which point Mr. Tillman serenades the listener with, Last night I wrote a poem. I must have been in the poem zone. Desperation floods his voice and the walls start closing in. He whispers into the microphone, I'm in over my head. And he repeats the line in solace, admitting defeat. It was raw and beautiful emotion. That's when Josh's music started to click for me. His heavy-handed blend of sarcasm, humor, and poetry was truthfully too cool for me. But somehow that's what made his music great. It was unfair to call it hipster garbage. It takes an enormous level of talent to translate sarcasm through music while still exploring deeper emotions and themes. I had to see this Misty guy. Unfortunately, the closest show is down in my old collegiate stomping grounds, the Lyric Theater. Was I willing to suffer the humiliation of being a 30-year-old walking into a college bar? I was balding and uncool. I was certain I'd stick out like a sore thumb. And I did. That's why I moved from the rowdy group of superfans in the front of the stage to the aging fathers in the back. My knees were already sore before the opener finished his set. I needed to find solace with people more my speed. But aside from being uncool, I didn't want to be in this room. The odd thing about certain nostalgia trips is they're often better left unsettled. A lot of great times had been had in this room, but those were behind me, and I was at peace with that. Even upon crossing the venue's threshold, I was overcome with the good old days. It made me sad. I missed my college friends. It had been years since I'd seen most in her stew. We hadn't gone to a show together in more than half a decade. For years, we were inseparable. This was our kingdom, and now I was the only remaining ruler, an aging king past his prime and trying to relive his glory days. It was difficult to stay attuned to the show with a constant stream of memories. Joshua Tillman was an electric frontman. He had a swagger and a hipster cool unlike anyone I'd seen before. With his magnificent beard, thick glasses, and slick back hair, he was effortlessly cool. He was running through all the greatest underground hits. Nancy from now on, Chateau Lobby number four, Ballad of a Dying Man, I'm writing a novel, plus some new favorites like Mr. Tillman and Hangout at the Gallows. But even that wasn't enough for this audience. The crowd continued the chatter. To them, this was an opportunity to play dress up and get sloshed while a musician poured his heart out on the stage. It was a reminder of why I stopped going to shows in Oxford. How naive was I to think things might have changed? Alright, maybe this next song will keep your attention, Josh joked between songs. The piano trickled and could barely be heard over the roar of the crowd. Grabbing the microphone from the stand, the singer strode to the lip of the stage. One hand in his coat pocket, he looked over the audience. He started the lyrics of the ironic ballad, Bored in the USA. His hands reached and pulled as he sang. He strode across the stage, crossing one leg in front of the other in dramatic fashion. He sang with conviction. Through dark glasses, you could see his eyes were shut in conjunction with the music. The hush screamed above the audience. I searched the room for the source and saw the bartender glaring at the crowd. There was no response, so she proceeded to do it again. 
only louder this time. The crowd showed no remorse for their continued conversations. The bartender threw her hands up and started ranting to another bartender. Her frustrations could be felt across the room. In all my days of concerts, I've never seen a bartender so angry with a crowd. She must be new here. Nothing changed as the show went on. No matter the song, even the popular tunes like Real Love Baby or I Love You Honey Bear did little to pull the crowd back in. Despite being a new fan who didn't know all the names, I was thrilled to hear these songs live. It wasn't lost on me that I was seeing one of the coolest artists on the scene. In 30 years when I'm at a show and a youngster starts talking it up, I could already see my opportunity to stun on them with this one. Yeah, I saw Father John Misty in a small theater once. Joshua's encore consisted of my personal favorite, The Palace. The quiet piece translated poorly with the rowdy audience. I couldn't even enjoy it. All I heard was Sarah Beth screaming. The beauty and the pain of the song barely made it off the stage. I questioned if it was even worth it to come to the show. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, I'm to blame. To close the show, Joshua performed Date Night. It was two and a half minutes of chaos and anarchy. Those of us that had been paying attention finally felt like we got our money's worth. And by that I mean it was the only song we could hear over the audience the entire show. As soon as the band started walking off the stage, I bolted for the exit. There was a side door that no one ever used, but we learned early on that it had a strategic purpose. It was right next to where the artist bus always waited. I felt like a college student again. I was going to meet Joshua Tillman. The van sat exactly where I expected to be. Another pair of fans were waiting next to it, too. They held records and eager smiles. Those sweet summer children. That had been us a decade before. Leaning against the brick wall, I watched all corners of the venue for the singer's presence. Tonight, my mission was a little different than the previous post-concert meet and greets. Yeah, I mean, sure, I wanted an autograph, but I had a higher calling. I wanted to apologize, not for my behavior, but on behalf of the audience. If an audience is so piss poor that the bartenders are pleading for the crowd to show some respect, you know you're a bad one. I leaned against the wall for about ten minutes. The air was cooling and the crowds were still dispersing. The bars didn't close for another two hours. These endeavors were always so hard to determine though. Sometimes the musicians were in and out seconds after the show. Other times we waited hours for these chance encounters. But tonight as the minutes ticked away, reality set in. I had an 80 minute drive home. I was already pushing a 1am arrival. This was a work night and I'd been up since 6. When did I get so old? Alright, I'll give him five more minutes. Five minutes passed and I questioned my responsibilities. I could do it. I'll be okay. I'll drink an energy drink in the morning. Aw oh, man, those things are really bad for your heart. Plus there's so much sugar in them. Well, I guess I could get a sugar-free version though. What is wrong with you, man? I couldn't believe the internal battle I was having. When did I get so old? The other fans waiting by the van would be there until the sun rose. They might have a class or two the next day, but their night was wide open. It was probably still early for them. Yet if I had been at home, I'd be asleep on the couch with a book spread across my chest. I peeked around the corner one last time and decided to call it. It was time to go home. Walking the streets of Oxford, I passed the inebriated and baby-faced college students. For many, their night was young and full of potential. Those days seemed so far, yet 
The memories were in the front of my mind. I hated it. I'd had enough. No more nostalgia, please. No matter how grateful I was for the good times, I didn't want to relive them anymore. Can an old guy just get a no-strings-attached concert, please? I'm Lance Ingram, and this is Yesterday's Concert. Thanks for tuning in to another show. Sources and more information on today's show are available on our website, yesterdaysconcert.com. While you're there, check out some old episodes, or connect with us on Twitter, at ConcertPod, or on Instagram, at Yesterday's Concert. And until next time, take care of your shoes. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years' experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Long Shots Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. It's a primal, wild freedom. A feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, sound effects guy. Hmm, no. You know, we really lost our stride at the end there. Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive, America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.